Hello, is this thing on? It's Gavin Riley here again, a little bit earlier than expected. Uh, as you'll have noticed, the podcast's been taking a few quiet weeks between me filling in on the last word and then me taking some time off around Easter. But in the meantime, the podcast has finally been added to iTunes, which then immediately went and changed its name to Apple Podcasts. So hello, Apple Podcast listeners, wherever you are in the world. Anyway, we're back a few days earlier than planned because across the weekend, a fairly significant finding emerged from the Citizens' Assembly on one of Ireland's thorniest and one of its most sensitive topics and rather than wait until the weekend I thought it might be better to get it all explained now a little bit earlier while it's fresh in the memory. So here, a little bit earlier than planned, I'm Gavin Riley, and that was The Weekend. So the Citizens' Assembly has been meeting for five weekends over the last few months and on the weekend just gone it issued its findings. Now, there were four previous weekends of legal and medical advice and of submissions from various campaign groups. I don't propose to go back over all of that again because, in fairness, this isn't the place to rehash the arguments which have already been running in Irish society for decades. So let's just jump straight to the conclusions. The first ballot on Saturday was a simple one. Members would be asked, should the Eighth Amendment, in other words, the part of the Constitution that grants the unborn the same equal rights and protection as the pregnant woman, should that be left in its place or should it be changed somehow? If they voted that the current constitutional text was fine, then that would be the end of the weekend. Everything is fine. The law as it stands would be appropriate. Here, as announced by Chairwoman Justice Mary Lafoy, is the result. This is the result of ballot one. The number of eligible voters, 91 Number of votes cast, 91. Invalid votes, nil, zero. And total valid poll, 91. And the voting for option one, well, um, article 40.3.3 should be retained in full. That was 12 votes, or 13%. And option two, article 40.3.3 should not be retained in full. 79 votes, uh, equivalent to 87%. Now that's a fairly striking outcome. Only 12 out of 91 people said the current constitutional position was fine. 79 of them said it needed changing somehow. Now by any measure, that is a striking defeat for those who said that the Eighth Amendment was something to celebrate and to be protected by all means. So that result then leads to a second question. If you're not happy with the current text, what do you want to do about it? Members were asked, do you want to simply delete the section altogether? In other words, repeal the Eighth Amendment, or to replace and change it somehow? Here again are the results. The number of eligible voters, 91. The number of votes cast, 91. Invalid votes, again this time zero. Total valid poll, 91. Then the manner in which the votes were cast. Option one. Article 40.3.3 should be repealed, i.e. deleted and not replaced. Um, 39 voted for option 1. That's equivalent to 44%. Option 2, Article 40.3.3 should be replaced or amended. Uh, 50 votes for option 2, um, equivalent to 56 point, 56%. Of the vote. Um, so uh, then the third voting option, preferring not to state an opinion, the number who voted for that was two. So uh, the majority has voted in favour of option two. Um, 
Article 40.3.3 should be replaced or amended. Now that from the outset looked like something of a defeat for the repeal campaign. Remember that the whole argument of the repeal campaign is that if there's ever to be legislation that allows abortion at a woman's own discretion, the Eighth Amendment would have to be got rid of first. So their argument was simple, delete the Eighth Amendment. And for that to be then defeated or rejected at the Assembly floor on Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon I should say, prompted something of an outcry on social media when people immediately then started to barack and criticise the Assembly for not following through on the campaigns to repeal. But it would transpire that there was method to their thinking. And even in the questions that preceded the next ballot, there was some of that logic hinted at. Now, it has to be said, of course, there were 92 people voting on Saturday. We cannot presume to be able to think for each of them, but I think you can read some of the tea leaves about the questions that they asked in the room. A few of the members asked about some of the evidence presented in legal weeks by Brian Murray, who's a highly respected senior counsel. He talked about the legal effects of simply repealing, that is to say, deleting, the Eighth Amendment out of the Constitution. And he told the Assembly that even before the Eighth Amendment, in rulings of the High Court and the Supreme Court, judges had hinted that the Constitution might perhaps be pro-life anyway, that it might already offer protections for the unborn. In one example, he said the courts had pointed out that there was clearly a right to life for grown, born humans provided for in the Constitution. One of the judges noted that if you have a right to exist in the first place, surely that must include the right to be born into this world. That was just one example, he said, of circumstances where in fact the Constitution could be invoked to have a defence of the right to life of the unborn. In other words, that it could actually offer protections for the unborn and limit any regime on abortion. All of that means, ultimately, that getting rid of the Eighth Amendment and going back to the old position back in 1982 might not pave the way for a more liberal system. Now, here is just a small segment of what Brian Murray told the Assembly a few weeks ago, back in early March, about what might happen if the Eighth Amendment was deleted and then if someone tried to introduce a new law that could allow greater access to abortion. Two prospects present themselves. One is that those who believe that the legislation allowed abortion too freely would come to the courts and say, well, the Eighth Amendment may have been repealed, but remember, there was an implied right to life of the unborn in the Constitution before 1983, and we believe this legislation broadening the uh, circumstances in which abortion is permissible, we believe that this legislation violates that implied right to life of the unborn. Or alternatively, those, there may be those who will say, well, this legislation does not allow for abortion in a sufficiently wide range of circumstances. This is an impairment of the right to privacy or decisional autonomy or possibly the right to bodily integrity of pregnant women. In short, he said, the effects of simply deleting the Eighth Amendment and not putting anything back in in its place are not entirely clear at all. And that gave the Assembly some food for thought when it came to the next ballot, which would ask them, if you don't want to keep the Eighth Amendment and you don't want to delete it, what do you want instead? Do you want A, to state clearly that the Dáil and Shannad have the discretion to legislate whatever way they want? Or B, do you want to replace the Eighth Amendment with something similar and regulate the rights of pregnant woman and unborn child directly in the Constitution? Here, again from Justice Mary Lafoy, 
was the answer. It's Article 40.3.3 should be replaced with a constitutional provision that explicitly authorises the Oireachtas to legislate to address termination of pregnancy, any rights of the unborn and any rights of the pregnant woman. And uh, the number of votes in favour of that option, 51, um, which represents 57% um, of the votes. And then option two, article 40.3.3, should be replaced or amended with a new constitutional provision that directly addresses termination of pregnancy, any rights of the unborn and any rights of the pregnant woman. And uh, the votes for that option were 38, which represents 43%. And uh, prefer not to state an opinion, just three on this, uh, on this occasion. That meant that by Saturday night, as business was winding down, the position was now fairly clear. The Assembly was basically saying that it didn't want to keep the Eighth Amendment, didn't want to delete it, but also that the Constitution was not the place to regulate this kind of subject. And because deleting the existing text might not solve the problem, instead the Assembly had to put in an explicit clause saying that it was the Oireachtas, our elected representatives, who should have the power to set the law in this particular area. So then on Sunday, the decision was... What sort of laws should the Oireachtas use this newfound discretion to introduce? Members were presented with 13 ballots, each of which proposed a hypothetical scenario. For example, the case of someone who was impregnated through rape or incest. It then asked if abortion in that case should be banned entirely, allowed for up to 12 weeks of gestation, allowed for up to 22 weeks, or allowed up to full term. Alternatively, if they wanted, members could abstain. The long and the short of the answers was that there was no hypothetical circumstance in which the Assembly said abortion should be banned outright. Not a single circumstance where they said abortion should not be offered. The Assembly voted to say that up to 22 weeks, abortion should be allowed if there is a risk to a woman's health, including her mental health, if she is pregnant through rape or incest, if her, bi- her, if her fetus has a significant but not fatal abnormality, or if she wants an abortion for socio-economic reasons. It also said up to full term, an abortion should be allowed if there is a risk to her physical health, if there is a serious risk to her mental health, or if the fetus has a fatal abnormality. That means that it will die during or shortly after birth. Now, perhaps the most striking outcome was when members were asked if abortion should simply be allowed under any circumstances with no restriction at all. Here's Justice Mary Lafoy reading the result. The total number of votes uh, in, the, in, in this category was 87. There was one invalid vote. And um, looking at the result, uh, categories B1, B2 and B3 aggregated 52 votes, or 64%. And the breakdown was as follows. Up to 12 weeks, 25 votes, or 48%. Up to 22 weeks... Um, 23 votes or 44% and, and uh, no restriction was 4 votes that's equivalent to 8% and the um, other categories A, never for this reason uh, 29 votes and um, uh, C, uh, prefer not to state an opinion um, 6 votes Here you have a massive majority in favour of having some kind of blanket access to abortion with a majority of those proposing that it be allowed in any circumstances up to 12 weeks of gestation. That is clearly a much more liberal regime than many had expected from the Citizens' Assembly. It very clearly throws the ball back into the court of the politicians that set it up in the first place. A sidebar here, by the way, to compliment the members of the Assembly for their work. There were These were 99 ordinary citizens. 
95 were surviving by the time this weekend had rolled around. 92 of them were present in the room. They were plucked at random from the electoral register by the polling company Red Sea. They were meant to be representative of the country's demographics, its geography, its age profile, its female and male split. By and large, Red Sea appears to be satisfied that it did exactly that. But plucking random citizens out of a phone book, essentially, or an electoral register, doesn't come with any guarantee of an insightful, a meditated, a calm, a rationed examination of what we all know is a very, very sensitive subject. But in the course of the questioning on Saturday and Sunday, it became really clear that these citizens had developed a very nuanced and a very insightful understanding of how the Constitution interacts with statute law, the potential pitfalls the law that creates, and just how sensitive a matter this can be for some. They were even very explicit in their questions to point out that policy as it's drawn up or how it's imagined might not always be backed up by delivery of services on the ground. I have to say personally... As a professional political observer, it was really reassuring to see that with the right interest and with the right material put in front of them, anybody can become an astute analysist of really, really sensitive stuff. And for the job that they did, devoting five full weekends to abortion and with other subjects still to come, those 95 ordinary citizens deserve massive credit. 100 to 102 Today FM All of this then raises a fairly obvious question, which is, where do we go from here? And the official system is that the report is due to be issued back by the Assembly to the Oireachtas before the end of June. That report will go to a special Oireachtas committee, 25 members, sorry, excuse me, 23 members, 16 from the Dáil, 7 from the Shannad, which has already been set up to consider the Assembly's findings. That committee will conduct its own hearings, the exact scope of which isn't clear, although Simon Harris did tell us before that it probably wouldn't cover the same ground as the Assembly again. That committee then will issue a report to the Dáil and Shannad within three months, meaning before the end of September or October. Now, the government will then dwell on that and make its own decision about bringing forward a referendum. Already there have been noises from the likes of Pascal Donoghue and Francis Fitzgerald saying that should happen during this government's term and there's no need to go back to the public looking for another mandate to do it. But there is a crucial disclaimer to all of this. The Assembly's findings go to an Oireachtas committee, the committee's findings then go to the government. And at no point is there any commitment to honour the findings of the previous step. The committee could kill this whole process stone dead and even if it doesn't, the government could then simply veto the whole thing and decide not to go forward anymore. And as Sinn Féin's Louise O'Reilly told me earlier, there is no reason for the findings of the Citizens' Assembly to be binding on TDs anyway. Absolutely not. The Assembly has proposed, has made recommendations and that's all that they are. Um, They will form the basis of our discussions. Sinn Féin has outlined um, very, very early on our position with regard to the Eighth Amendment. We believe that it should be repealed and to allow for uh, access determinations in the cases as outlined under the protection of life during pregnancy, also in the cases of rape, incest and fatal fetal abnormality. We've made that position clear. What's not clear, actually, uh, is the position of um, many other parties, and I would include Fianna Fáil in this. They haven't made their position clear um, in any way, shape or form, and I think that is regrettable. The good news is, though, we are all going to have to make our positions clear uh, once the committee is convened. So we'd be calling on Enda Kenny to do this sooner rather than later. And that ultimately highlights the serious challenge which is now facing these findings, that basically they're getting handed to politicians who will probably pursue their own agendas. Uh, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil have both committed to giving the members a free vote and they will have nine out of the 16 seats on the committee. I think they will have 
13 out of the 23. Those two parties alone will have a clear majority of the seats. But the personal positions of those members could then have sway because if there's no party whip, it basically means that the personal opinions of those members are probably what matter. And Sinn Féin too has already made it clear it wants to pursue its own policy, which is less liberal than that being put forward by the Assembly, even though Sinn Féin's model would include a more aggressive constitutional change than the Assembly wants. It all goes to highlight the inevitable conclusion that in fact the work of the citizens might not be crucial and in fact that this debate will ultimately boil down to the personal opinions of those who inhabit Leinster House. In a funny way, that's where most people said it should have been made all along. But funnily enough, they probably won't be too happy for those decisions to be made by a forum whose positions are so much less liberal than that of the citizens themselves. 100 to 102 Today FM So that's our lot today on this whistle-stop tour of the weekend's events at the Citizens' Assembly. Feedback is welcome, as always, to gav at todayfm.com. That's gav at todayfm.com. All going well, we'll be back this weekend with the rest of the week's political stories and any further fallout from the findings of the Citizens' Assembly. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. And if you are listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called, you might give us an L rating. Go on, help us get off the ground. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. I'm Gavin Riley. And that was the week end. to 102 Today FM.